1: Hello Achievers! Welcome to episode number 80 of the Next Level Authors podcast, a podcast where we hold each other to account and track our step-by-step progress as we lean back on our squeaky chairs and level <laughs> off our author business. My name is Daniel Wilcox Sasha. and here with me every week is...
0: Sasha Black.
1: Sup, mm-hmm. Sasha. How you doing?
0: Mm-hmm Mm -mm 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 i'm good i'm good i'm still good from last week (laughs) (laughs) i am i am in such a good place right now i have all the happiness all the joy all the positivity to share with the world also i'm dead on the inside but you know
1: yeah seems it why so happy what's going on
0: i don't know i do know i think um Learning about strengths is the best thing I've ever done, and um, understanding what I need from life and how to structure my life is just so wonderful. Um, I have been finishing things. Do you know what I learned this week? It is a stunning revelation, shocking precisely no one. When you don't have shitloads of stuff to do for other people, do you know what you can do? Stuff All of the stuff for you. I know it's unfucking believable, isn't it? I mean. Who would have thought that I could get so much stuff done for me? And do you know what? Like, this is the amazing thing. Would you check out? How much shit I have crossed off. That's week. a lot of
1: crossing outs for people it on is. the podcast.
0: So, yeah, for people on the podcast, I just showed a very highly crossed out list. Not surprisingly, um, purple pen. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I like only write in purple. um Yeah, so like it is bringing me deep joy and gratification uh, to cross everything off my list. Hello, Achiever Pennies. Um, but also to be working on the things that I should be working on. Like I still have a few bits that need finishing. But um yeah, I mean, I did wobble at the beginning of the Week actually, because I kind of came to the week like, oh, I don't have stuff to do for other people. What am I supposed to be doing? Um, and then, like, slowly over the course of the week, I was like, oh, wait, okay, no, I can just do stuff for me. So um, I've launched an audiobook, which is whoop, whoop, whoop. yeah. I mean, I haven't like done a big splash or anything yet. Like, I ha- I'm not even sure I've announced it on the podcast. I think I'll be doing that today. Um, but yeah, next week I've got, um, I did, I don't know if I did this before or after our last recording, but I have a um, 70 minute long special episode. Um, yeah. That is the eight lessons I've learned recording audiobooks. books. Mm. And um, I do like voices and stuff on, on there to like show people like oh, performance, like lessons that I've learned. Um, and I'm, you know, I don't, Uh, preach to be an expert or anything these are just things that I have learned and picked up through the many and varied fuck ups that I made uh, recording the audiobook so yeah I am like super proud of that um, special episode and I also really like it because I uh, found a line in my report that talks about how um, I like to do lessons learned to look at what went well and what didn't go so well and how that helps me compete better and be a better uh, competitor and um so yeah that gave me like it generated so many energy pennies and I was like oh yeah I remembered why I love doing lessons learned and uh, so yeah that was a chore I, for you I not should... long ago you yeah, had a real like oh this
1: is all extra work that I can't fit in but obviously now you've made that space and it's beneficial for you
0: yeah, and like 20 times because I know things that I can do better next time because I've reflected and I've done the lessons learning. It's given me pennies doing that exercise. Um yeah, and so I think um you will really like this. I made the decision last night. Uh next month I'm going to book a 1 hour one-to-one voice coaching session. Oh, nice. Um wait for fun. <gasps> yeah, so it's going to be on character voices and stuff like and i'm not necessarily ever going to record my own fiction so i'm just doing it for fun for the for the fun of learning the knowledge because i love performing and I, you know, maybe that will come into my nonfiction or audi- the next nonfiction audiobook. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I'm going to do it just for the shits and giggles of it. So yeah, I mean, it's going to cost me like $150, but you know, it's going to be fun. So yeah, I'm huh. like, super excited for that. Um, <clears throat> yeah. And like, I just, I don't know. I am, I am filled with joy by delaying things, by keeping secrets and by just, yeah, <laughs> like, I don't know like I, I've just been getting on and doing and I am in love with that and I'm just happy
1: good That's good about fucking time
0: so Boo, <laughs> we should talk about your week though shouldn't we because I have had sporadic updates and wow
1: yeah so before we take a nosedive let's <laughs> um I do, do just want to like add on to you because I've you you said about um taking more time doing the stuff for you i i had a moment of personal growth this week because i got contacted by a friend who a couple months ago um she's writing a book and i looked over her first draft and basically did sort of like preliminary feedback notes on just sort of like story arc and sort of things that she could tweak and stuff and improve on for the second draft and um i I won't name it but i hope she doesn't mind me um talking about if if she is listening but i i she she contacted me and asked if you know, she's now she's done the second draft, wherever I'd look at it and do sort of a full edit towards the end of this year as part of the book. And I said, no, in a very, in a very polite way, because like editing is a fantastic experience to help with your own writing as well, because you get to see how other people write and get to pick up those pitfalls and and the things that work and why they do and don't. Um, But I just, it's just not on my agenda right now. Like I have so many other things to do. And although it's harder when you've already contributed to something To not see something else through. But I very, very politely was like, I'm really sorry, like that's not where I am right now. Here's the kind of stuff I'm doing. Sent over some recommendations for some other people she could potentially use. And she was very, very like kind and as I knew she would be. And um, yeah, she's taken the business elsewhere and kind of like wish me luck with the stuff I'm doing. And like that's that's not to say like we've parted ways as friends, like we're still quite good friends, but uh, I just I was just very happy. It was one of those moments where someone messages you that and you have that little stomach like.
0: Oh, no. oh god yeah because I want
1: to but I know that I shouldn't um so that was growth but yeah no I, like I, my week hasn't it's 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 been a weird week <laughs> <laughs> so <clears throat> I didn't um I didn't have my son over the weekend because he was doing some things with his mama so I ended up working on Sunday which proved to be very very useful um I then worked very very well on Monday I worked very hard on Tuesday and then I was midway through one of my um zoom writing sprints for my bootcamp. And uh, I, I just started to feel sick. So I literally like in one of the breaks, I was talking to people and I literally just went, yeah, I'm really sorry, but I'm about to throw up. So I'm going to leave the camera on. You guys can continue because I have timers and stuff set up and they know what the deal is. And then I just walked out and then thus I was in bed for the next day and a half. Um, and I kind of revived myself around midday yesterday, which would have been Thursday for, for people listening on the podcast. And I'm still not 100 percent, but I'm like. I'm back to sort of cognitively where I need to be and yeah I, I'll say nothing on the time in between I think you know people can make their own assumptions but it does just it, it, was, it was just one of those that I was like last week was a lot of sort of mental unwellness this week was a lot of physical unwellness and I'm sat here going I'm ready for that good week now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I want that to come back.
0: because yeah, I've had I... two cracking weeks for your two shit weeks. It's yeah, just
1: weeks. what happens with us. It's the yin yeah. and the yang. Yeah. But, but, like, to, <laughs> to be fair, the week before the week before last, I had an amazing week. And that tends to kind of go in peaks and valleys. So... I don't know. Um, like, I'm feeling so much better today. And yesterday was my sister's birthday. So last night I was over her with all the family and, like, we had a bit of a celebration and getting cake and stuff. But, yeah, it, you know, I'm not done as much work as I'd like to do. But, again, it took me back to that, like, what is your minimum? And I was able to do the minimum of what I needed to do to survive the week. So that was my week. I watched uh, maybe two seasons of Parks and Recreation. I watched a season, no, three seasons of Mitchell and Webb. I watched half a season of The Witcher. I read some book.
0: Oh my god, was this all yesterday?
1: This was all like Wednesday. And oh my then god. I slept a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it sucks. This is why I don't go outside anymore. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. But twisting that around, what's something that you've enjoyed this week?
0: Booking flights. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I actually wasn't going to say that. I didn't realize I was going to say that until it just came out of my mouth. Um, But so I have booked flights abroad to um, the Netherlands to see my papa, who I have not seen in two and a half years. The last time I saw him, God, the last time I saw him was the day I left my day job. He was there as I walked out of the building. Oh, yes. He came specially uh, to see me leave the day job. Um, And... Yeah, so that was the very last time I saw him. And we have both been full time for two and a half years. So um, I actually find it quite shocking now, No, like as I say this, because we were sort of talking off air about the fact that I hadn't seen him for two and a half years. But when I equate that to having left my day job, yeah. I am not the same human I was on that day like I am so far from who that girl was that I'm like oh my god I am like a whole new human and I haven't seen my dad in that whole time because of COVID um yeah and I just wow yeah so that has been very enjoyable and we are going uh to we're going in the half term week so this month I get to see my dad which nice. would be lovely yeah how about it's, you Would have you it, enjoyed
1: well, it's weird because the pandemic like it just is a blip now mm. it just like yeah I, I try and think back to like what I was doing this time last year and it was just a Being different lockdown yeah I was in a different house by myself <laughs> for a lot of it which was nice because I had lots of space but it was also in a house by myself which is it, this is one of the things that I love about like zoom and the fact that digital video communication came on so quickly over the last like few years is like this podcast kept me going through lockdown great writers share like the boot camp and the sprints and all that kind of stuff like you could still see people even though you couldn't see people Mm. you know Mm. (laughs) um something that I've enjoyed this week oh so many things to pick from um
0: (laughs) (laughs) having the shits
1: (laughs) I'm gonna go for um so I'm I'm reading a book by an author called um Stephen Graham Jones who is a Native American author and i'm currently reading his book Mongrels which came out a couple of years ago i believe and it is beautiful and it is phenomenal and it is poetry and it is oh it's gorgeous and it's basically about werewolves um but in a way that i've never seen werewolves written about before it's kind of it's told from the lens of this kid who um you you're kind of tracking his journey because in this law of werewolf most werewolves don't find or turn into werewolves until they're around the age of 16 and because his parents were mixed he doesn't know if he's going to be a werewolf or not but he's growing up with an aunt and uncle who are werewolves so he's living the werewolf life but he's he's not sure if he is going to be a werewolf but Mm. it's telling the story from like when he's eight when he's 11 when he's nine when he's 13 and all these different stages of like having to travel around the country because werewolves have to move a lot um And there's so much thought and depth and colour in the the legend that they give the werewolves and how they work and how they exist within society without getting caught. And I think just the fact that it's told from this lens of this kid who's it's almost like this imaginative side to him um, as he's telling the story. And it's really difficult to explain, but it's such beautiful prose. And the reason I'm enjoying it so much is because um, and this is I will say this is my opinion. And I know lots of people who have loved this. His latest book, um, *The Only Good Indians*, which is a Bram—not uh, Bram, I think it might have won a Bram Stoker, but it definitely won a This Is Horror Award um, for best novel this year. I did not like, and I wasn't going to give this author another chance until um, the people in my horror reading club were like, "No, you have to, you have to try some of the other other stuff, other stuff because like *Mongrels* is incredible, and *Mongrels* is incredible." And for me, it really does go to show that like a story can really change the voice and what the author can portray. And like the thing that I love about what he's done specifically is that both books are so uniquely different and you can tell that he's really trying to stretch his writer muscles and going down different territory and he's he's being bold and trying new stuff and you know sometimes that comes with risks and sometimes that doesn't there's a rubbish truck outside my house that's what the beeping is (laughs) um but I I love it when authors can make bold choices and really try to like grow their art and Mm there's always going to mean that there might be some misses for some people but it means that you'll get some sort of knockouts on the way and yeah it, it has kind of shifted my perception of him as an author
0: (laughs) one of my favorite obsessions with craft at the moment and I do wax and wane between different things but at the moment it is voice it's Mm. I just I'm fascinated by voice and the voice
1: is so good in this
0: I'm fascinated by individual author voice and by genre voice so like I One of the things that I picked up last night, I'm reading this book um, called Who I Was With Her, which is, of course, a young adult, um, lesbian, bisexual, kind of contemporary, bittersweet romance. Uh, so it's a very good comp author uh, for The Scent of Death. Um, and the tone is very... Or not not necessarily the tone but it sounds like other books in the genre which obviously it should do that um but I'm picking now I'm reading enough of them I'm starting to be able to deconstruct and to to see like the different I love our question and um (laughs) one of the things that I picked up is how different young adult fantasy is to young adult contemporary or or just contemporary in general, contemporary in general, or this particular type of contemporary anyway, they are very narrative. Like there's so much narration from the protagonist and reflection in a way that I don't think you get in fantasy. You get a little bit of it in fantasy, of course, because you need your characters to um, grow, but it's nothing compared to the detail of this. And uh, yeah, like I am having a field day deconstructing and yeah, anyway, sorry, I'm just geeking out for a minute. I just, that was a reflection that I had last night was the difference between um, no matter how sort of like world building or, you know, de- how much detail is in a fantasy? It's still mostly plot driven mm. um, versus contemporary, which is really focused on the characters. And I'm not saying you can't have fantasy that's focused on the characters, you can. I, I don't know I th- I'm i still deconstructing and still trying to um intellect on it and yeah. uh, of course I haven't like got the exact way to explain what I'm trying to say but I will I will come back to you um before oh. I upset people who are like well I write character driven fantasy I know honey it's fine like it's yeah. fine you do I've do. had
1: that a few times where like, people have asked me a question it's like I have thoughts on this but I haven't like vocalized them enough yes. to like get the solid yeah. grasp of what I'm trying to yeah. say yeah um yeah. also just because as you were speaking I had um just a sudden thought I don't know if everyone in the audience would understand what you mean by contemporary like if there are some sort of newer authors what how would you describe contemporary
0: okay so so to explain contemporary I'm going to explain fantasy so fantasy I mean anything that's not set purely in our world so it could be in our world but they you could have changed something so there's magic for example even if it's set in um our world but contemporary essentially by contemporary I mean something set in our world relatively in our time zone mm. so sort of maybe 90s onwards maybe noughties onwards even stretching maybe to the 80s maybe not to the 80s that's starting to get a bit more I know it's fucking we hard are to getting older we born in the 80s I know <laughs> wait but, um Yeah, anything, fuck off, anything um, that is sort of set relatively in our time, relatively in, not relatively, actually in our world is what I mean by contemporary. So like romance is a contemporary, but I don't really, yeah, I mean, they are technically contemporary, but um, this is very much like high school set. That's, you know, this genre is, you know, yeah, Yeah. there you go.
1: Sweet. Weekly confessional. So Sasha will work on Trey, read more, yes. continue shutting yes, yes. down tasks, yes. and finish Storyteller by end of play Friday. Yes. Boom. Full,
0: full fucking house, bitches.
1: I <laughs> I've gone back and reread mine. This is wonderful. <laughs> Dan will create a presentation and give it at the be a bestseller uh road to resilience conference. I did that yesterday. That went yeah, you swimmingly. Did um and finished the resources for the challenge, which I actually have done. I thought, I thought <gasps> I'd added as well. I thought I'd added the ghostwriting stuff, but I didn't because I knew that I had this stuff to do, which worked out well, because I was in bed for a day and a half.
0: <laughs> Thank God. So you did actually survive the week. Well done, sunshine. I did
1: it. What's the conclusion on last week's failure?
0: So I have been thinking about this all week. And I'm in a really difficult position because I, I personally feel like the accountability isn't necessarily working because we, I definitely am av- avoiding because I'm not driven by the what we're doing, if that makes sense. Like I don't, it's not working as motivation. It's working for me to be difficult and avoiding because I don't necessarily work in one week blocks so I was wondering whether we change it to month blocks or we just stick with the quarterly challenges um because we're still holding each other to account so rather than doing like a task that we have to do each week um which is just adding either unnecessary pressure or adding a task into the week that we wouldn't like just for the sake of adding a task whether or not we check in each week on the quarterly challenge that might be I don't know. Um, but on whether or not you failed, um, I this is where I kind of came to this conclusion. Because I am self-driven and self-motivated, I was a bit like, mm, I would know if I felt like I failed and I would feel really um, hard done by if you said I'd failed even because I remember once this happened and I was really pissed off. And I think that's when I disengaged from the weekly accountability because I felt like I had done everything I could, but I still failed. Mm. And um, that is sort of when I switched off. And so, yeah, I don't know. Like, that's why I'm saying you're telling me you don't feel like you failed because, you know, we all have need those mental health weeks. And I'm like, yeah, cool. I know I get that because you deliver week after week after week. And that's why I'm saying I don't think it works. So, yeah, mm. that's where my thoughts have gone. So maybe yeah. one for us to continue talking about offline.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. I think um, it is it is difficult trying to <clears throat> come up with something each week when we're already kind of doing the things that we know that we're going to be doing. Exactly. Um, like, I think the good thing about the forfeit, and I think it's one of the things that, like, especially in the beginning few months, um, such like year, the good thing about the forfeits is obviously like, I'm pretty sure that the audience enjoy that kind of like tension of like, oh, well, they won't then kind of the forfeits have come. Yeah, um, I agree. Yeah, I
0: agree. but no,
1: I, I totally agree with you. I think like definitely number one, whatever happens, the, the tasks need to be much more like accountable for, um, but they also need to be more flexible in that way to allow for.
0: Yeah, because I'm finding I'm just putting arbitrary stuff, Mm. rather than things that are going to that I you know that are part of my fo- focus or I don't know I don't know it, it needs to there needs to be a bit more structure or then it needs to be tweaked I think mm-hmm.
1: Something to consider. I mean if um people are listening and they have any ideas for what we can do
0: yeah then
1: by all means pop it in the comments um and we'll consider them especially like patrons get your ideas over um but yeah I think I really like the idea of the accountability and you know the kind of like the fun forfeits I think (laughs) let's keep forfeits fun um but yeah let's let's have a look and see see what we do with them I mean we're coming up well we're not what we're a year and a half into this now Mm. Jesus won't be long until it's two years but like especially coming up to the end of 2021 we can have a look at like maybe a new way to approach going into the next year and and sweeping that through but no I agree with you
0: yeah okay level up
1: yes give me a level up
0: Okay, Julie Heiner, a very challenging month. Sometimes things happen and you just have to deal with it. Oh, look, this is very on uh, brand this week. Um, (laughs) I finally got back on track. Then, well, just had some issues and was in bed for some days. It's all good. I'm back uh, and I'm pumped and I'm excited about my first collaboration. Uh, The launch and celebration are coming up. Um, i've got another horror story accepted in a killer anthology launching in a couple of weeks i'm going to launch a solo horror novella on halloween and i just signed up for a script writing course shudder here come eight, some 80s metal murder yeah everyone um no matter what challenges come up regroup and keep going and i think that is the perfect level up for this week um, really a is awesome. yeah i was just about to say she's a machine i bet she has like discipline and consistency in her <laughs> I <laughs> can't I'm sorry. No. All um, focus, um, maybe.
1: Yeah, no, Julie, Julie's doing lots of really cool stuff. And um, like we both co-edited the Omen's Call Anthology, which came out on the first of October. I've um arc read her latest book, Owen's Terrarium, which is fantastic, and coming out around Halloween time. And yeah, she's just she's just a fantastic example of someone who not only like knows how to have fun with her writing, but she can also like portray that to the public as well. Like I left her to basically just organize and sort out the the facebook live launch event for um, the omen's call and we had such a fun time and it was all professional it was slick she does like rock parties and things with her own launches and it's just if people want to see like how to launch a book and how to just have fun doing it then check out julie's stuff because it's it's solid
0: i think she's a shining example of how to do it your own way mm-hmm. yeah yeah i love um, that about her
1: yeah and me and julie may or may not be working on something else in the next few months just throwing that on there uh da, 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 da. so level up challenge want to say um congratulations to the people in the post who have already told us that they've won the challenge including andre meg ember rianne claire brett ara sam and cassie who uploaded a wonderful video this morning. teasing the eggs teasing the eggs the thing is i i saw her <laughs> post saying that she'd won and then i saw the video and i was like has she failed? Has she just realized that she failed? But no, she was just making breakfast. <laughs> so I do just want to remind people that if you didn't quite hit what you were after, it's all just in fun. There's nothing too serious about it. Like the, the egg juggling thing, it doesn't mean you're a failure. It just means you didn't quite hit where you want to be. And I want to see those videos. And to be fair, I do have to film my egg juggling. Not that I didn't do a challenge, but I just want to juggle some eggs to see what it's like um, and have a reason to do that. But we have also, um, so we've been discussing the Q4 Level Up Challenge. Oh, before we get into that, um, what what we will do is what, let me try all of this again. So by the time this episode airs, we will have posted on the Facebook group with the Q4 Challenge and also the winners of the prizes for the Q3 Challenge, which was just as a reminder, a 30-minute call with myself and Sasha, a hardback copy of my self-publishing blueprint, and a copy of Sasha's 10 Steps to Hero workbook. And then, like I say, all the details for Q4 will be over in the Facebook group. Um, But we might have a few sort of Christmas goodies and surprises in there for y'all as well. So get involved. Uh, Comments.
0: Yep, that's me. Okay, so we only had a couple of comments last week. Edwin said, um, "I am a lifelong learner, picking up far more outside any formal learning environment by pursuing interests as they arrive. I learn by going over a subject time and again, revisiting those parts that draw me the most on every occasion available to me." You're doing while your audiobook voice. I love I it. Have taken, I can't. <laughs> I just slip into it. I started reading. I started reading. I'm t- <laughs>
1: <laughs> That was so different. <laughs>
0: okay comments from last
1: week so what we found
0: (laughs) (laughs) i love it sorry i can't help it it just happened it's it's reading i think because obviously you have to read whilst you do that and so i just slip into it (laughs) fuck off you can read the rest
1: i haven't got them in front of me (laughs) it's just your
0: job Oh, while well, I have taken a range of workshops over the years, the thought of going back to a formal situation best suited for people who don't rock.
1: <laughs> I don't want to read them now. Go on. I wasn't saying it was a bad thing. I was just saying it was different.
0: Ida says, "I love this episode." it's really hard not to do it i'm a lifelong learner while at uni i kept taking extra classes and adding majors and minors because i loved being there and did not want to leave family and friends and did not understand what take was taking so long lol
1: (laughs) i've really thrown you off
0: really thrown me because i nearly dropped into it again you did (laughs) you can it's fine it's fine Then I went back for the masters a few years ago I had a chance to do several post MA classes and I loved being in class, it was hard with kids but I loved it. I've uh, considered a second MA. I've also considered a PhD. Uh, There's a particular PhD I'm interested in and it wouldn't even add anything to my career unless I want to be Dean. And I don't know if I do want to be Dean, Uh, but I would love to do it just because of the subject. I'm also one of those that will see something on TV or a website and I'll go search slash learn about it until something else grabs my attention.
1: Beautiful. Thank you, everyone, for commenting. Before we go into the main question, I do just want to remind people that uh, I, uh, well, as of the time this podcast airs, I'll be on day two of the five-day free Nano Preppers Challenge. It isn't too late to join in. If you want to jump in, you can go over to uh, facebookcom groups slash authors and jump straight in and get all the resources and get involved. Um, and for people who are looking at really trying to conquer Nano, if you've struggled to beat Nano Remo in the past then check out my bootcamp, which is at danielwilcox.com slash nano, where I've got a group of authors together smashed into a tiny little group where we're going to just absolutely kill nano and drive people forward. And it's got loads of good resources. We all work together. And what I will say, and I think um, I probably mentioned this on the podcast before, but like the national international average for completion for nano is less than 20%. Last year, the bootcamp got a 78% completion rate. So, you know, there's there's truth and there's proof in actually joining a group and you know being accountable for what you're doing. So check that out. Sasha, do you have anything this week?
0: Oh, an audio book. Hey, I was waiting for that. Yeah. Um, so if you would like to hear my narrative voice, actually, I was trying to think. I don't think that is my full narration <laughs> voice. It is one of the narration voices. Anyway, um, yeah, so I have an audiobook and um, if you would like to check out my audiobook in my very sultry audiobook tones, then you can by visiting um, any audiobook store or oh, audiobook app. <laughs> so does Chloe, no, I'm joking. Oh. Um, Sorry, sorry, that was too far. Um, no, uh, yeah, you can check out... <laughs> ruined it um you can check out uh it will be direct on my website it's not quite yet um but yeah 13 steps to evil if you want to learn about characters if you want more of my sultry tones um yeah or if you just want to be nosy then go and check it out I'm really really proud of it um is it the best audiobook ever? I don't know. Like no. Oh god, you can't even
1: just sell yourself, can no, you? No, I
0: can't. But it's because, <laughs> like, I did my lessons learned, and I'm like, I am gonna make prose even better. Don't get me wrong. it, the, yeah. I was, I can't remember if I said this on my podcast or or to you or wherever. But because um, we're all I, just the same. <clears throat> I know they all blend. I have not had this sense of achievement in a really, really long time. It was so hard so hard and I worked my ass off to get this and it sounds fucking good like mm-hmm. and I am really really proud of it like I have not been this proud in such a long time and yeah I am so pumped and excited to do another one uh I'm just not gonna do it until I finish tray <laughs> mm-hmm. but um yeah I I am so proud of this audiobook so yeah I just wish that it was on cd and I could hold it because like <laughs> yeah. it's a thing I've created that I don't I can't hold it so it's a it's an odd like I just wish I had a thing that I could show for it I mean mm. obviously I have a thing I can show for it but not like a tangible thing um yeah, yeah that's yeah. the
1: problem with digital stuff
0: yeah yeah it is good though I, w- I won't lie I it is pretty fucking good well people can check so out a sample of it, it on your Instagram. They can, yeah. It's like a cheeky sample. Cheeky, um, yeah. It's cheeky, cheeky. I am going to um, pull off some more and make some more audiograms because Becca is amazing. Has done done a few images for me, um, nice. so I will put some more samples on there over the next few weeks. Um, Beautiful, yeah.
1: Right, this week's question, and again, like it's always interesting how the question I'm going to ask somehow seeds itself into a little bit of what we were talking about in the in the preamble. Um, I need your help. <laughs> OK, <laughs> so I, as I, I don't believe there's any secret to you, I am currently reviewing where I go forward with my own fiction because I, for the longest time, have been writing mixes of, like, post-apok, of horror, a little bit of sci-fi. Um, and one thing that I have found is horror is very, very difficult to create a series or to serialise or just to kind of create more expansive works. not impossible. People have done it. But in the way that I like to write my horror, I don't know that that's the path. And when I created When Winter Comes, that was my attempt at writing a serial and to do something bigger. And I now have this like chunky book on my shelf. But one thing that I keep coming back to is the idea of getting more fantasy with my books and specifically more sort of horror fantasy, dark fantasy. And so I'm on a bit of a journey of genre exploration because we, we both agree that when writers start writing their book, one thing that will infinitely help me down the line is know your genre before you start writing as much as you can, because then you understand traits, you understand everything else. So my question to you is, how do you find your genre?
0: Fucking hell. Um, <clears throat> oh, that is such a hard question.
1: Yeah, stupidly annoyingly hard. And then this is the question that we expect like new writers to answer.
0: so god i think there's a a tangible answer to that and an intangible answer to that um <laughs> and i think the intangible am i going to go there first or am i going to Okay, so I think the tangible answer to that is you have to read a lot and widely. And I think that is one difference between writers and readers. Um, And by readers, I mean people who don't write, but like reading books. Because people who don't write, who like reading books, more or less stick to one genre. And that they will have found that via... I don't know, something in their childhood that led them to whatever genre it is. And I was kind of reminded of this recently because I um, my my wife has um, this these friends and one of them is a prolific whale reader will read two to four books a week every week Mm. Um, and pretty much solely science fiction and I sort of had you know asked about things slightly out of that and it was like oh no that doesn't really interest me and I'm like how do people only read in that one genre because I I can't do that like yes I know I am about to binge read probably 70 books in one genre but Also, you know, I've just read prime books and a romance and a historical fiction, and I also read nonfiction and I've got some literary fiction up there that I want to read in the next year. And so I definitely have two or three genres that I prefer and that I tend to read in. Um, But as a writer, I can't help but read in other genres, Um, not least because you pick up things that they do that you can bring into your own genre. So yeah, I think the tangible answer is by reading mm-hmm. and reading with intention like in genres and subgenres. So if you if you know you have a preference for fantasy you've got to read and like go out and target and and find books that are in a variety of sub- subgenres to try and work out what it is that you like. So that is really the <clears throat> The, the 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 easiest way to do that the other thing you can do is look at well what kind of stuff do you watch like what subgenres is that in that might be another way to think about it um because funnily enough guess what i watch everything. Shit. teen everything no. teen shit no teen shit the majority of the stuff that i watch is teen stuff i've just finished sex education right teen teen tv show um things like vampire diaries teen fantasy, um, you know, stuff like that. That said, there is also another part of me that absolutely loves political kind of fixer roles. So like Scandal, the West Wing, um Ray Donovan. Um th- uh, the Sopranos is one that I really want to watch, but I know they have to like really carve out some time to do that. I ha- so I haven't ever watched The Sopranos. So um, The Bodyguard was another one. So like there's another thing, like stuff that's heavy action, even though I don't read like thrillers and stuff. Um, but yeah, that political, there is a thread there that I have noticed um, mm. that will come, I think at some point in the future. That, so that more on the intangible side, I think is know thyself and and observe thyself so one of the things that the reason I worked out I was in the wrong genre for now and I say that because as somebody who is a high learner I know I will write in many many genres over the course of my career I am not going to pigeon pigeonhole myself into just young adult lesbian or just young adult fantasy i will write adult fantasy i will um <clears throat> i will probably end up writing some romance if i'm perfectly honest you know i am i'm probably going to write something political at some point i don't know um and i'm going to write more mind stuff philosophical philosophical stuff too anyway know thyself how do you react when you read books like that, that is, is- like it's such a key thing like to like rather than just consuming and being a consumer of words like watch how you react because you know we react very differently to different kinds of books and In seeing that reaction, it can help lead you down the path of, okay, this is the kind of thing if it's creating like either a really significant emotional reaction, if it's good or bad, if it's creating like a wistful kind of, oh, my God, this was amazing. You know, what was it that was amazing? What is it about that that you like? Because it might not be the genre it might be the prose or it could be the tone or the message so it's having it's digging down into one what was your reaction and two like what caused that reaction to see whether it's theme style and voice or whether it's actually genre um and then uh wait hang on so it was I'm missing a big chunk of what I wanted to say um Yeah, know thyself, observe. Yeah, and then what brings you joy? Like, so last night I opened this book, right? And within five pages, I was like, it was like this weight off my shoulders, this sigh, this sagging relief to be back with a tone and voice that feels like home. And, And I suppose that is kind of like the same as know thyself and observe thyself but but really yeah it sparks so much joy in me to read that kind of content and so it's not an easy answer because it is a doing task it's it's and it requires time it's a doing task to read as much and as widely as you can and to observe yourself and that is always hard self-reflection is hard
1: Before I answer, I want to prod just a little bit deeper because obviously, like, I agree with a lot of what you said and, like, when I answer, there's definitely sort of um, a lot of resonating factors. How do you specifically find those books?
0: Okay, so this has been really hard Mm -hmm. because there are no indie authors that I can find uh, who write young adult lesbian stuff. I'm sure there are. I'm just struggling to find them. That's so a I can trailblazer. Tell- yeah. So I can tell you what I've done. When I have found one book in a genre, I go on to Goodreads and see what is sort of in and around on the page. So usually when you add something to your shelf, it will come up with a list of other books that you might enjoy. Um, And much the same as Amazon in the also-boughts. So I've been looking at also-boughts, I've been looking at uh, Goodreads quite a lot. Mm. Um, And once you start to click on one or another, it starts to show you stuff. So it's having that first book that resonates. And then going to like that author. The other thing um, that I do is I've gone onto Instagram, and I have looked up hashtags like queer queer lit, queer young YA, or you know LG, YA, LGBT or whatever. I don't know. I don't can't remember the exact ones. And I've started to find. Um, like, did you know there is, um, there's Gaze the Word in London. There is Queer Lit UK bookstore in Manchester. There's another queer bookstore in Wales. I didn't know any of this before I started looking. Um, and so I'm starting to follow them. Um, and that obviously brings up new people on Instagram. Um, and then there's like, there's a few really good um, people who who read a lot of queer books um and so I've been following them and going through their recommendations um mm. and and so I'm like screenshotting and c- collecting like putting and I'm basically creating this giant spreadsheet um, what else have I done uh, what should I read next.com is a website um the way you can put in um a book that you've enjoyed and then you can find other books like it Nice. Um, categories on uh like waterstones or barnes and noble amazon uh looking in categories that also helps um and by categories i mean like typing in uh young adult lgbtq and then it will have like a whole top 100 in that category amazon i have to say is less good i think than some of the other (laughs) stores because they're so convoluted and polluted um but some of the other stores are still quite pure so like waterstones has um some quite good young adult sections although they are all trad um and so it that makes it harder to um look for uh, what you're looking for another thing that i am yet to do but i'm about to do um there are some young adult um facebook groups so i'm also going to post in young adult facebook groups asking for recommendations um, the recommendations are always a bit hit and miss, but they are a jumping off point. Um, so you can then use those to go and find individual books. And I would say over the course of about two weeks, I've now got a list of 130 young adult, lesbian and bisexual books. So it, it definitely like asking other people as well for recommendations, um, going into a bookstore and asking a bookseller really helpful um I've now made friends with uh one of the um ladies in Waterstones in Peterborough and they like follow me on Instagram and I've like sent them my list to share so that they can stock better and differently and she's like pulling stuff into the store because of me because I spent so much money there and yeah so like you know just talking to two people and and asking for recommendations and I think the biggest ones have been finding people on Instagram who like specialize in a particular niche and um and uh, that has been a bit of a jumping off point I think um and goodreads has actually been quite useful the other thing that goodreads is useful for if you type into google like a particular category so like i don't know like young adult lgbt books into google it will often come up with goodreads lists the goodreads lists are hit and miss sometimes they're Mm -hmm. excellent and sometimes they're a bit shit um but generally speaking you can always find a few books on that list. So yeah, like I have done a lot of things. Um, Oh, the other thing, um, I have also found websites dedicated to particular genres. So like there's um, some LGBT, um, they've, Fallen out of my brain. But um, like there are some websites dedicated purely to like queer literature. Uh, We need diverse books is another one. Um, That's not just um, LGBT, that is also like uh, people of color and other um, diverse um, aspects. Um, But yeah, so I have found websites that are like book webs, book recommendation websites um, dedicated to particular uh genres. So yeah, like digging is mm-hmm. is is what I can say and um for me it has helped to pull a list together Um if you're not a list person that might not help um but keeping that list has been really helpful because it's given me jumping off points to find other other things and also then I don't buy the same book twice
1: uh, yeah
0: is that a bit better a bit more tangible for you
1: that no, the whole thing was good but yeah so Two things, just quickly, that while they're in my head. Number one, um, it's a very good example of when you can actually like use the algorithms of social media to help you <laughs> instead of just showing you like the stuff it normally does. Uh, and the other takeaway is obviously like it takes time.
0: Yeah, it has taken me quite a bit of time to do this. Mm. I've probably spent four to six hours researching over the last two weeks. I would say.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I mean, for me, the the birth of this question. As, as it's been brewing for about,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I'd say two, two or three months actively, but it's definitely been in the back of my head for a while because I, I, th- I don't think I made it any secret that the first book I tried to write was a fantasy and it was gonna be a dark fantasy. And like, I won't go into the idea of it because that's still brewing in my mm-hmm. head, but like I, I started trying to approach it. I've got three chapters in on several occasions and I stopped because obviously the first book, I, <laughs> the first book that I tried to write was the first of many books of an epic fantasy and it just didn't work. I wasn't. I wasn't ready for it. I hadn't trained. I didn't know the craft. I didn't know like story arcs, anything like that. It was. Just, I was just blindly trying to write it. And like you saying about, you know, look at the things you watch, things things that you read. Like most of my life has been writing, uh, reading horror and reading fantasy. The bigger majority of my life has been watching fantasy. I don't really watch horror, um, just because I much prefer the prose and the beauty of the language of horror. Um, and so as i say one big thing that i I think i'm ready for is to try and create some big work some kind of universe in which i can tie a lot of my works together and i want fantasy to be an element of that i mean i've got fucking J.R. tolkien tattooed on my arm for god's sake like i like it it's not it's it's a thing that i love i've got like ornaments and statues and things of different fantasy things that i i appreciate and yeah i'm ready i feel ready now to write this this big thing i just don't know what it is yet and the the tough part for me or uh, not the tough part the the part that kind of really brought me around to starting to think about this properly was I've read quite a few dark fantasies I've read a few fantasies over the last year like friends books and other ones that have been recommended and they haven't resonated with me and as I said to you recently the reason they haven't I've discovered is they were YA and I'm very much a person and in no way do I mean for this to be snobbery this is just like me and what i i like to do like i love to learn i love to like improve what what's careful
0: the face for careful because you're about to slag off my genre
1: <laughs> no i'm not slagging off the genre at all but like for me i much the stuff that i read is adult and <laughs> you've got me on edge now <laughs>
0: sorry i can't like, help it no, just you abs- say, you say, go on. yeah
1: no it's it's not snobbery it's just for me like i prefer adult because YA doesn't resonate because i like to feel untethered with my writing which is why i write horror which is like one of the big draws for me for horror is like there there aren't really any limits like i can write whatever the fuck i want and i don't have to like tone things down or like worry about sort of crossing any boundaries it's just horror is horror and that's why i love that genre because it's it's just unadulterated it's just freedom counterpoint
0: yeah, uh, um just that I feel that way in YA.
1: Interesting. Like, which
0: is it, yeah, like on the very first page, I think three lines in, she talks about blowjobs. So, you know, there's there's not many lines that can't be crossed, I have to say. Anyway, but, but yeah. I think it yeah, anyway, go I on, think please. it comes
1: it becomes more to like voice and stuff, but like yeah. yeah, I I I think the reason that a lot of the horrors that I've enjoyed, I've enjoyed is just because of the beauty of the prose. And the a lot of the fantasies that i like are the really sort of like heavy dense purpley ones that like just i don't know it's i this is this is where the the problem is because i'm still trying to like work out where i sit on the spectrum of books that i read most of and that i want to write more of and as you mentioned before one of the really like pissed mind things about amazon at the minute is their charts are so convoluted and mm. diluted and they're all over the place and if you go into horror it's full of lit rpg and urban fantasy and a poster park and romance and all these different mixes because lots of people see horror as a sub-genre but they put it in the horror charts mm. and so my curiosity my my thought patterns at the minute are like maybe maybe my home is Fantasy with the horror subgenre. So I've recently read a book um, by an author called Douglas Clegg. And the book was called Priest of Blood. And it was like uh book one of three of the Vampiricon. And it was like this sort of dark fantasy. And it was delicious. And you saying about like you opening up those pages, you're reading them and you just feel like home. It was just one that like the last few books I read before that I'd enjoyed, but they were very much like I was reading because you know they hit certain points or like I felt like I had to read them for certain reasons. Mm-hmm. And this one, like I drank every word. Mm. I slowed myself down I just appreciate the page I appreciated the world building the art form like everything about it and now I'm at the point where I'm like what the fuck do I find more books like this mm. because is this the kind of thing that I want to write I don't know yet because I don't feel like I've read enough To understand that genre, or and and that's
0: exactly why I just brought like fifty of these books. Yeah, because I need to just consume. I just need to hoard and yeah, monster the genre. Yeah, and
1: I have a few fiction books lined up to to write that I have to finish anyway. But like the reason I'm thinking about this now is because you know four or five months down the line when I do start properly like thinking about this, yeah, I've given myself that time to think and research and understand and really because I you know, I've written a lot of books (laughs) like for myself, for other people. And I'm now, like I say, I'm ready to, to, to write that, that thing that like tie stuff together and to really like grow.
0: Yeah. One of the things I just want to pick up that you have said, you have mentioned prose about 48,000 times. So I actually think you are looking for the genre that combines whatever it is genre wise that you want with quality prose, Mm. because you mentioned prose when you were talking about mongrels you yeah. mentioned <laughs> prose when you were talking about something else and I think you are having a love affair with good quality prose but I say good quality and the prose that you like might not be the prose that I like oh, 100%. But, but one thing to like give your intellection something to think about is what is, what is it about the prose that you like mm-hmm. that that follows yeah. across the different books like is it a particular style are they yes. doing something particular with you know like t- to try and deconstruct that a bit further because it might be that you can find books in a wider genre that have that quality or you know essence to to their prose yeah but um yeah I is just- a big part of it yeah, you've definitely you've definitely mentioned prose many 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 times in talking about mm. this. But yeah, I also think you need to give yourself permission to spend a few hours doing the research. Oh yeah,
1: yeah yeah. yeah no, I plan to, and I think as well one <laughs> one thing that I've realised as well is like I really like well, it's no surprise I really like to learn. We we discussed this last week, and with horror, I will never say because you can't. I never say I've completed horror, but I've done a lot of horror. Mm. I'm at the point now where I feel like I can confidently write a horror book. And so I'm now like, well, how can I stretch that? And grow that more is
0: such a learner do you know how many people with learner strengths they always do they genre, they hop. genre hop yeah, yeah once they feel they've got everything they've got from they need from a genre yeah they'll genre hop there's nothing to say you won't come back and level mm. up again and do something oh no more, absolutely you know? yeah
1: yeah but yeah it's, i'm not I'm, I'm not saying like in any way i'm done with horror because like i love horror novellas and like short like snappy little things um but it's just whatever my next project's gonna be and in my um activated authors sprints uh yesterday and just in the group in general there's uh, a vibe of there's one thing that hasn't been addressed when looking for genre um which is a big question is are you doing it for love or are you doing it for commerce Mm. because that really shapes where you point your attention Mm -hmm. because if you are looking to write to make money there are certain tick boxes that you will have to pay attention to to maximize your chances of selling Mm -hmm. whereas if it is much more for just the love of it then you will take more risks. You will gamble. You will experiment a lot more. And the stuff that you read might be a lot more diverse. But we had a really, really interesting discussion yesterday between specifically two members of the group. Um, One who's much more into sort of like just writing pulp for the fun of it and one who is just very focused on like, this is the business. Um, Loves the art, but like, this is where the business lies. And so I think that's also a big consideration to have because when I left the day job, a lot of my focus was on fiction is going to be like the main income. And, like, fiction makes a modest income for me. But at the same time, like, and I think we've discussed this on the podcast as well, I, I don't want the pressure of money to guide my fiction. I want to, like, the reason I started writing was because I loved the art form of writing. And so I want to carry that and find a way to push that forward.
0: You want to find a way to make the fiction that you love pay your bills. It's the ultimate dream for everybody, right? If you can write in the genre that you love in the voice and tone that you love and have it still make money even better. Like as I mean, not, yeah. not as a, I'm writing this genre to make money, yeah. but I'm writing this genre cause I love it. And as a consequence, it makes yeah. money. Right. Like, that is the ultimate dream. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, 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 that I completely get that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because the pressure, the pressure on creativity is creativity destroying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it really is like I don't Mm -hmm. think people understand what that burden of having to earn money is like like on your creativity um yeah and and I think it's why so many people burn out
1: yeah 100 percent. yeah it's one of the big reasons but yeah I think um lots of really tangible stuff there
0: yeah I hope that was helpful some of the um things that yeah, just sort of yeah
1: definitely I think good timing as well because obviously you've spoken a lot about your your search for um lgbtya over the last few weeks and it's yeah it's something I'm definitely pondering a lot in the background it's just what one thing that I am having to do is clear my plate of a lot of books that I promised people that I'd read
0: <laughs> are you saying no to them pushing them back
1: uh, a couple of them I've got like a, one more that I've got to get through but yeah
0: yeah I I also because um, even
1: reading for enjoyment, I need to remember.
0: I would also like to say, just to mark this episode, and have I wasn't going to say anything, but I I had the idea whilst we were talking uh, of how I'm going to uh, create a series, well, kind of kind of a series, like a a set of standalone, interconnected, yeah, in mm. the new genre. So I had that idea. Let this episode, let it be known that this was the episode that I had the idea.
1: Mm. there we go yeah. so i guess the question this week isn't how are we living up our author business but
0: no. how
1: are we living up accountability on this podcast
0: yeah so i think the one thing that we need to do is have a chat over the mm-hmm. next week mm-hmm. um, to look at how, what we're going to do with this yeah i'm going for that accountability section yeah yeah i, think I mean the, thing... the only thing we should be accountable for
1: yeah and the thing that i love about this kind of stuff anyway is like this this podcast hasn't really changed since episode one and when we started it was very much a let's see how it goes so why not tweak it and see how we can improve it and make it even better
0: yeah exactly because I think you know we're growing and changing and have got different focuses and um yeah I want to focus on the things I want to focus on <laughs> There so, we yeah.
1: go. so the question to all of you this week is how do you choose a genre Or how do you choose your genre? And we will see you next week.
0: Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
1: Hungry for more?
0: If you enjoyed this podcast, you can hear more of my angelic accent and Dan's dulcet tones on our other podcasts.
1: For more of me, check out the Great Writers Share podcast.
0: For more of me, listen to the Rebel Author podcast. We'll be
1: back
0: next week, holding
1: each other to account as Dan and Sasha become Next Level authors. Sasha Black cannot hear me. She hasn't got her headphones in, but she logged on. I could say whatever the fuck I want. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's Sasha Black and Dan Wilcox. And we're going to rock the mic and do lake, because we're the podcast team. We're an unstoppable duo, but we're wearing purple together. Boom, boom, the text is often yellow. <laughs>